Welcome back to Black Hole Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Misfits. This is season four, episode three. Once again, it was written by Howard Overman, directed by Nirpal Bogal. Uh, premiered November 11th of 2012 and I gave this episode a 9.8 out of 10. I really enjoyed this one. Joe Gilgun definitely started to show his acting chops in this one. We got to learn a little bit more information about him. We got some more information about Jess. We continue to watch how Finn is a character that is going to probably end up a lot like Curtis who is um caught up and has broken the number one rule of don't mess with crazy white bitches so we'll start with his storyline i'm not going to go scene by scene i wrote absolutely no notes so hopefully i remember everything but he's doing his community service cleaning up the graffiti and she lola comes out just to watch him work because she likes doing that then she claims that she went down here and created the graffiti just so she can watch him work he's like i don't know what's going on with you is this a power trip thing and she's like oh i think you got it oh don't do it yes yeah. oh my god she tells him she's a trainee probation worker because she likes to meet bad boys and he's into this because why not <laughs> she comes into his bar looking all sexified he pours her a drink a vodka i don't know about you but that fucking glass had me all types of turned off (laughs) i don't know why i was like that shit don't look clean and then they grab a cubicle and flirt for the rest of the night with him being like uh if people are going to think that we're fucking we better be fucking and by the end of the episode they were a wedding cake was stolen and it turns out that curtis was the one that stole it to impress his new squeeze in their little cat and mouse game but he also really threw his fellow um what do you want to call though asbo group under the bus because they all were blamed for it and the probation worker certainly was not happy so this is a turn for curtis he's become a little disillusioned with his life he doesn't have the same people around him with the same goals of trying to be better people and without that support he's kind of uh devolved back into i don't know if this is familiar behavior but he doesn't have a lot to look forward to and this little dalliance is a break from that particular world and it causes him to make some questionable decisions like screwing her in the first place i guess we'll see how this uh ends as she did graffiti i like or i love or i heart more like bad boys on the wall and I don't how I don't know how that's sexy because your ass gotta fucking scrub it up. Then we have the probation worker. I guess we could talk about him because he had two scenes, but he was just weird this episode. I love Sean. This guy is just 
he's too much in almost every scene that he is in he corners finn outside of the locker room and tells him he has to give the secret word which is potato because why fucking crazy man you sound insane do you realize that you should be medicated then he jumps in rudy three's ass and he's surprised to see that rudy three was not intimidated at all he had to refrain himself for bricking that dude right then and there <laughs> it's like you're not the one i want to kill but my god you keep on talking to me about how you gonna make me shit i'm going to i just uh, the less of him the better then we have the whole finn jess situation and i guess we can go ahead and filter the rudy situation in with that so the episode begins with rudy three getting out of jail he has a ukulele and three twirly whirlies and that's significant we find out a little bit later he goes to the community center where he sees rudy one and rudy two in domestic bliss together rudy two is very one can't spell two but is very you know about his dental hygiene since rudy one uses finn's toothbrush and doesn't even tell the man that they're sharing then he decides to take said toothbrush and like wipe his ass with it The fact that his better half actually brushed his teeth with it, I felt so horrible for. But that's when Rudy 3 reveals himself. And it turns out that Rudy 3 is is a fucking psychopath. He actually battered a man almost to death, ripped off his ears because he said, if you're not going to listen, what's the point of having them? and then bit off his nose because it was comedic it's not about money it's about sending a message Every- so the rudies conspired to send him to the store for some twirly whirlies and they turned him into the police that's where they found him for said almost homicide well i guess it'd be assault and battery what i find fascinating after making him take the twirly whirly is that rudy three is the actual dominant personality uh, or persona people with multiple personality disorder have different alters but there's usually one dominant and we see him take not only rudy two but rudy one when rudy two returns later having went by their parents place so he has actual two parents that's not something we rarely hear about with these asbos of having extended family and they are the relationship between mom and dad are rather contentious because mom caught dad staring at another woman's tits rudy three thinks dad should bash his mom's head in for all the shit (laughs) that she makes him put up with and that's when rudy two realizes oh you are him it's you he's like oh not a hug (laughs) 
<laughs> he's so scary i will say the way in which he does his his facial movements everything about him he's so rudy but there's this dark aura that is quite terrifying while exploring the locker room that is when he gets his first glimpse of jess it's who you're meant to be because you were meant for me and you're everything i need he then approaches her with a lollipop and says you intrigue me i'm intrigued by you she's like what the fuck is going on me and you are not gonna ever have sex so you can stop trying to come on to me and then he says or wonders if she will ever have sex with anyone and inquires as to how long it's been like a year six months he can't believe that and she's like well it doesn't matter how long it's been i'm still not fucking you and then she gets up to leave or he says something i can't remember but she gets up to leave and that's when he grabs her and he tells her that your tough thing that's all an act that's not who you really are and i see right through that and then she says get your hands off of me and that's when he finally does she flips him off and he says there you go pretending again and this is what rudy this rudy three persona and jess find this dark connection because he can see her the real her and in turn she sees the real rudy the one that i'm sure is the most hidden of his personalities and they both have a little dark aspect to them you know hers is a a self-esteem issue she was suicidal and then she fell in love with someone and they were her best friend but then they completely betrayed her and her trust which we learn a little bit later these components all lead to these two having a conversation that would not have happened with the rudy she knows right now i.e simon and alicia meeting for the first time and she sees him from the future it's a different take on that it's not the same type of deal but it has those those same familiar type of tones of you seeing someone in a completely different light than you saw them before and you're able to actually formulate a connection that is meaningful and changes you going forward and for rudy she exercises that part of him that he definitely does not want to be who he is and then that part of him helps her find her self-worth again which in this episode it was being abused by several different men that were not being honest with her for whatever particular reason it starts after this conversation though about her not having sex with finn who she had helped earlier take to his stepmom's house lisa so that they could get her tv she was giving it away so that they can have it at the community center the stepmom is a little too touchy-feely with finn and finn doesn't seem to think this is problematic that's nasty knowing what happens later i can see 
why he wouldn't see this as problematic i think finn suffers from an inflated ego and a certain he exudes a certain charm and helplessness but there's more to him as it was seen in the very second episode i believe the last one with his ex-girlfriend that there's this darker side of his personality that is selfish and kind of egotistical and in this moment you know he sees an opportunity it doesn't he doesn't you know perpetuate it however his response to it is not mature nor is it completely on lisa despite her very bold actions apparently jess is the only person that can drive and not only that he told her i need you to drive me over there for the remote because what man gets up and turns the channel (laughs) with their hands i want to say someone who's homeless i think jess genuinely sees him as a friend and when he invites her over to watch a movie it's not because she wants to have a one night stand and he kind of assures her later on you know no i just want to watch a movie with you and if we get a kiss that would be amazing and that endears her because it's telling her that she's likable without being looked at like a slag you know what i mean without just being fuckable because she's cute kind of in the way that alicia was viewed but to a lesser extent now we have finn going back for the remote and (laughs) this whole situation and this is why i blame finn one you know this woman is kissing on you in this inappropriate way and you didn't shut down that shit immediately and even with uh jess pointing out to him yeah your mother is coming on your stepmom's coming on to you oh that's ridiculous seriously no she's coming on to you that's how she's affectionate okay dude you like that kind of affection if you're allowing that to happen that's just point blank and if you're allowing it to happen it's sending the wrong signals to her she thinking you playing hard to get they bring up that you know i'm not with your stepdad any longer apparently the stepdad must have dumped her then she goes down on him starts sucking him off and he's like no 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 then he's like yes 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 yes." meaning that i'm saying no with my mouth because that's the right thing to say but yes i really do want this to happen everything's just telling me that it's wrong but if i can find a degree in which i can be blameless i'm going to jump on that and that's exactly what he did because as um rudy pointed out you could have fought much harder i know you can say a dead man will feel a a woman can like a man basically can have his dick hard and and once a woman touches it you know there's nothing else he can do that is a falsehood i have seen it many times and i've heard it from many that's not the case if you genuinely do not want it men will fight that off it doesn't matter if it's already in your mouth it's the repelling of the fact that you're you're doing something against their will right if he sees her as a stepmom in which it feels like she raised him as a little kid and then she's like oh i found the pictures underneath your bed of you jacking off to me like all of that was leading up to something it's disgusting on her part do not get me wrong because you're kind of pedophilic <laughs> if you're really throwing it out there but his actions are equally wrong 
and just because she sucked him off doesn't make him blameless he was leading into that situation and leading her on in that situation and then when it uh, it happened he didn't even own it he ran out the door jumped in jess's car and was like yeah we need to go i got the remote and then she's at the door or at the car window (laughs) like your boyfriend just came in my mouth (laughs) she's like what he's like that's crazy and she leaves him there rightfully she then goes to the bar because she was gonna go hang out with curtis but curtis is busy so the bartender alex invites her for a last drink she wonders if he's gay he says i'm not gay he looks deep into her eyes and says maybe i'm knocking girls back because i'm waiting for you he's very much coming on to her saying he likes her saying that she is special she asks him to come back to hers and she likes him and first he says you know oh i don't know and then she's like okay forget it but then he's like sure she goes in the bathroom to freshen up and then that little smile because you know here's someone that she likes that she thinks likes her but then when she comes back out he comes up with a bullshit story that she very easily sees through and then he tells her well it's not you (laughs) but she's a little hurt by this after the previous events because it kind of feels like in her mind it's her especially with the other emotional baggage that she's dealing with and then we have rudy three creeping out the shadows and she's like what the fuck what are you doing here i'm following you creeper oh man she tells him i do not have any time for your creepy shit and then he gives the speech of speeches to her um don't talk like that that isn't who you are you're better than that i want to give you something pure and honest i see them cunts lying to you they don't know how special you are they're not fit to lick the shit from your boots me i'd find the dog that did that shit and wring his furry little neck god damn and this is when he tells her i'll never lie to you and this is an honest conversation despite how ominous it is he basically is saying you are a good person no one sees the value in you no one appreciates you for who you are and i would never treat you like that despite his intentions for her he didn't want to hurt her in the sense of the emotional trauma he wanted to know her and realize what makes her tick and why she is the person she is and then he wants to snuff the life out of (laughs) that bright light that she also is there was a scene prior in the locker room where he's just sitting on the bench but we didn't know he was there another very good scene well played by joe in which she is talking to finn about the fact that he fucked his stepmother and curtis is like what's that he's a stepmother fucker and then he's like you're a stepmother fucker (laughs) he's like no i didn't have sex with her and they're like well 
She just sucked him off. You're a stepmother sucker? No, I'm not a step... First and foremost, she's not my stepmother. <laughs> Secondly, um, we didn't have sex. Then he tries to come up and explain himself. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it to you. It just happened. I didn't mean to trip and fall and land inside of her vagina. I swear it was an accident. And then he decides to go into detail despite wanting to change the subject about how she shoved his cock in her mouth. He said, first I was like, whoa. And then the next minute you were coming in her mouth. Yeah, I think we all got that point. (laughs) That's when Rudy 3 went ham into him and said, um, if you really wanted to stop her, you could have shoved a fork in her eye. And Finn's like, that's a little bit much. Basically, the point being, and he keeps going on like, oh, you know, I'm sure you really tried hard. like you didn't try at all which he didn't we saw the scene he didn't make no fucking effort and she ain't that damn strong okay then mimic what he was probably thinking invincible me getting my cock sucked and he says you know why because you're pathetic i'm about to end this man's whole career he looked at jess and said you deserve better before turning back to finn and saying you're a prick aren't you like basically i can see through you and consider that she has x-ray vision i think this is very apropos the way they yin and yang in this well kind of yang because they're on the same wavelength of seeing through the people that are around them and he really saw through her and i love the way in which she turned it at the end saying no we're cool we're still friends but i'm standing up to myself as a woman and saying you're a fucking prick for what you did the exact terminology that rudy three used and wanted her to be like stand up for yourself you don't deserve to be treated this way don't allow it then they have the conversation after she's called first into the office the probation worker i swear when he walked in the room and he shut the door and she asked where's the probation worker and he said he won't be joining us i thought that man was dead i said there goes the third probation worker because his face beforehand seemed as if that dude was running on fumes on life and the way he was beating that dj (laughs) that scene was so funny because have you ever had that happen it's annoying it's so annoying uh, I hate record scratchings going back and forth. And then that Macarena song just kept coming on. And he's trying to have this deep conversation. And it's basically killing the vibe and the mood. <laughs> but Lady in Red comes on and he says, let's talk. She says, what's going on with you? You're different. And he says, uh, I'll tell you my secrets if you tell me yours. And I'm not talking about the sexual kind. And that's what she likes as well. He doesn't see her as a sexual object. And I'm guessing a lot of men seem to sexualize her without seeing any worth or value in her. But she's not a slag in the same sense that um, Alicia was. And then he tells her, what's the point of talking if it's more bullshit? 
And they decide to exchange dark secrets for, well, she exchanges her secrets for information. And um, he reveals that the Rudys were the closest people to him. And he felt betrayed by them because they set him up to go to prison. When she asked where he was, he asked about the guy that hurt her. And she says it was someone she thought was her best friend. She told him everything, but then he moved on to another girl. It probably was a gimmick for him to basically be the the savior, get the girl to fall in love, you know, like hot messes and show him a little bit of attention, but really just treat him like shit because that's how they view them and they view themselves that way. So it creates this vicious cycle and she took some pills. She tried to kill herself very deep things that really were not explored in the first three seasons and we have her also having an eating disorder and then she asks about the other two rudies he says keep your enemies close (laughs) and they're basically with him it's been three years since she's even kissed a man she watches him beat the I don't even know why she needed to use her powers to look through the the booth to see him beating the guy. I mean, his hand motions were giving it away. And she realizes that she's in some kind of danger with Rudy 3. He has some agenda. She grabs a weapon. We see. We didn't know it was a pair of scissors until she used it. And he has put back on Lady in Red and requires a dance uh he holds her close and i didn't even know there was a height difference between them and then she asks what do you want from me he says i've always wondered what it's like to kill someone i've always wanted to do it and from the moment i saw you i knew you were perfect because you're so beautiful and then he starts choking her out and then she stabs him in the stomach and he falls to the ground and he's like you lied to me and then she says release the other two rudies it's over but he tells her to kiss me and she's like release the other two rudies kiss me you the fucking best you the fucking best and there was a genuine affection between them the way she was stroking his hair he's the first kiss that she has given since that traumatic experience and he says that wasn't so bad now wasn't it and even in death he's trying to help her he ends up freeing her from that cage that she's kept herself in and he tells her now you go out there and get some cock (laughs) and then asks what it feels like to kill someone and she says terrible and he's like well where's the fun in that before dying and that is um how we end that particular arc he of course lets the other two rudies go with the one rudy being like i'm gonna go get the shovels because we're gonna have to bury this body we then see a moment of jess just by herself atop the roof and she's eating a curly twirly i think that's another symbol of how that meaningful connection help evolve her character i like that howard overman didn't copy and paste what was so successful for the first three seasons that he tackled some new 
you know dark issues in his latter two seasons explored through different characters i really appreciate that and that we are touching on things like even race once again where rudy's like you know finn (laughs) oh yeah i forgot about the part where finn told his dad you know they're having a back and forth i was really like why are you mad sir (laughs) that it's your ex but i guess the bro code whatever he tells him i'm not your dad so basically you fuck me over i'm gonna fuck you over i took you in finn finds out his mom was an absolute slut and anyone could be his dad even possibly curtis and then (laughs) finn's like he would have had to go back in time and rudy's like see um he had the power to go back in time then he's like well i guess not on account of the whole skin thing and curtis was like i'm gonna slap you in the face keep talking we have feedback for this episode i was not expecting it let's hear from missing in action mimi Christina it's Mimi Um, this is feedback for Misfits Um, this is episode well I watched two and three of season four but I'm mostly just going to talk about uh, three Uh, two was I guess okay Um, it was one of the ones I was having a hard time following Um, Rudy's still irritating as hell even though he had a more interesting plot in the, the episode three I don't what is his name Finn I don't know he's just a weird strange kid and when whenever I feel like I might start liking him he'll do something immediately to be like yeah he's a stupid prick and it clearly this is not the best group of I should say people in general since they all are on probation they're clear they clearly have moral uh corrupt cores that they need to work through no one in this program is going to be perfect so and i'm i'm trying to understand that and for the record christina i never said that i just didn't want any of these new characters because i watched all of glee and in season four the old cast that we were all used to had graduated and doing their own thing and they introduced a whole different group of people there was two of the other cast but those people weren't even that i should say weren't like one of the like mega cast like they were I could say maybe popular but only because of the pairing they were with so it wasn't even like they were like the superstars of the show so I watched that Degrassi always was changing and I always watched the season um there was all there's always going to be characters you like more than others and that's no matter what season or show you're in and there's always changing of actors and i get that but it's the storylines that i'm having an issue with not the particular because this was the same storyline with the cast that we had i feel like i would be bored because it's like i don't understand what you guys are trying to do um it's like the second the second episode i watched the not not episode two i'm sorry episode three that was such an interesting storyline uh, apparently there was th- there's three rudies and shit maybe even four we don't know so we know that they split more than just twice and they set that rudy up to go to prison 
and he got out. He's clearly demented and I felt like this could have been a really good arc and we could see that Rudy really has some internalized issues he really needs to work on like for real because you have a super super soft side uh horny fuckboy side and then you have this homicidal crazy psychotic side who is literally wanting to be a serial killer y'all just stopped him from doing that like why couldn't this story have been prolonged and us see him progressively get worse like it could have been longer but they ended it like seeing how obsessed he was with um I believe her name is Jess I'm pretty sure that's her name I really like that and then we got that new character the bartender that works with um what the hell is his name Marcus um that was interesting and then we got that new character the probation worker which <laughs> she shouldn't die since she's banging Marcus um that was an interesting turn of events um I'm interested to see where that goes but I was really intrigued with Rudy following around Jess and being all love struck with her and then we come to find out that he wanted to just murder her to see what it feels like to kill somebody like that storyline in itself was interesting as hell and why they felt the need to shorten it to 60 minutes or 47 minutes however long instead of making it multiple episodes I don't ever I won't understand because like we had super hoodie and that was like a super mystery that they kept going through season two to season three they could have easily done that with this and have them slowly come to the realization that Rudy's not acting right he's weird nobody even seemed to notice that he was being a fucking creep and not acting like himself not acting like either one of them and there's two of them and they both are so different and this third one is a completely different and they could have easily made this um an extended version of you know let's slowly have them him absorb the other two i just i don't know i like i said i mean i maybe it is has something to do with the characters that i'm not quite i'm not quite attached to yet and even seth seth's gone like this was the last episode we saw it uh season episode two was the last episode we saw him so he's not gonna be in anymore and then we find out kelly's not gonna be in it that was something we didn't know before um when season three ended because she was in the last scene so we just assumed she would be in there and clearly she didn't want to be in this show anymore I mean maybe she felt like she was you know done with this season maybe she didn't want to be you know maybe they weren't enough money who knows why whatever the hell but we just know she's not in it anymore so that all of that changed the dynamic and Rudy was relatively new so seeing him with Marcus was um why do I feel like that's not his name I really am drawing a blank Marcus that's the black dude right am I crazy anyway um so we just yeah it, it's just a new dynamic that I'm trying to get get a hold of and then when I think that you know maybe Finn and um Jess will be friends then it starts seeming like it's more sexual and then he goes and has sex or gets a blowjob from his stepmom and then his dad throws in that <laughs> he's like not his real dad that was really petty and I feel like you're an asshole like first of all y'all not even together anymore and she went down on your son you should be mad at her because he's a fucking what 20 something year old boy a man come on now 
like she went down on him and I feel like you would want your child or any man to be like not putting themselves in a situation like that because as soon as it starts happening how many are actually going to pull out like come on now like pull pull it out of the mouth come on that's not realistic shit at all um but for him to be, be like well I'm not your dad anyway because you mad that your your ex-girlfriend gave your son a blowjob like that was some petty ass shit and if I could have stuck my hand through the phone and slapped the shit out of Finn's dad, I would have done it because he's a dick for that shitty ass move. Um, but like I said, I, I thought I was hoping that Jess and Finn would be really good friends since that they met and they had the most interaction in the first episode of season four. Um, but then they made it seem like it was more sexual. Like why she get so mad about his stepmom? If y'all not in a relationship, why I don't like that didn't make sense to me. And then it's like okay. Well, if you like him, then why are you at the bar trying to get hooked up with the bartender? I don't know. The whole thing just I'm trying to understand what they're trying to do. And I feel like they're all over the place. And maybe I'm just not understanding the show well enough to get, you know, to be fully invested. But it's just I'm just trying to get into it. And if these episodes continue to be like a good one, then a boring one, a good it's making me lose interest. Like that second episode, I felt like it was an hour and 45 minutes long. Like, why is this taking so long? Like, I would be like, okay, this is almost going to be done. And then I pause it and it's 30 minutes in. Like, this is the boringest episode ever. Why does it, why is it fucking dragging? Like, that's how I kept feeling. So anyway, I'm done on my soapbox, but I will let you know that if I if I feel like I'm just gonna be complaining I'm gonna be like shy like you know I have no problem getting on here and just complaining for 45 minutes because I used to do it with 13 reasons why all the time but if you want to finish and you want me to just be complaining I have no problem doing that but if you want you don't want to hear how much I hate this show and I keep complaining then we I won't send in feedback anymore so I'll let you decide I know you don't mind listening to it um, but maybe Shy might not want to hear it. So I'm going to keep watching. But if it gets to the point where I'm falling asleep or I can't finish an episode because it's boring and I don't think it's beneficial to anybody for me to keep watching it. So, so far, this last episode was interesting enough that I have no problem going to episode four. So I will end it here. Um, until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the last two episodes, primarily episode three. Um, she did this feedback to reiterate that she was not quitting because of the cast because I was trying to drag her on social media in our private tag. <laughs> I did caveat that it was a different tone, though. I completely understood. I was just giving you shit, but I did understand if it just wasn't your deal i think i said the same thing to shy like i get i get it i'm not you know upset <laughs> and you're right i mean i don't it's fine by me um and we girl we both was just complaining for 13 reasons why for way more episodes than we should have gave that show um i will probably be more of the liking aspect of it so it won't be just both of us shitting on the show <laughs> so there there will be that um i think maybe going back to the per multiple personality thing that's um kind of where the rudy three was coming in 
and I think I explained that a little bit earlier about the altars he's not just someone who can split like he was before the storm he had multiple personality disorder so when the storm happened his personality split so one could almost argue that the storm was beneficial in Rudy's case because his dominant persona was rather batshit crazy and on the path of doing something unforgivable so i think that's um the thing with him and he hasn't learned much about himself uh in those three personalities like the softer part of himself the more less caring part you know the person that doesn't give a shit about anything and then you have the darker tone to him so it's the three personalities and um yeah i think he is still on a growth journey and this was part of that growth we just did it with a different persona um i hopefully my explanation about simon and alicia will make it a little bit clearer on what they're trying to do like i said it's kind of a lot of the same aspects just not played out the exact same way alex is the bartender curtis is the black man you said marcus i get it all you heard was the is (laughs) marcus curtis the biggest threat to rudy's growth was the emergence of his dominant but the arc was rudy or this rudy meeting jess when she needed him in this moment it will make a lot more sense in hindsight i don't want to talk too much about it um but they needed each other at critical points in their psyche because of his fascination with her and her in particular she was able to actually get through to him in a way that maybe no one has before and yeah i can agree i see where you're going with it could have been fanned out over more episodes but there's two additional rudy characters that have growth and evolvement to be done so i think to focus only on him the entire time and suppressing the other two would have taken away from that character development and there's only eight episodes so i can see why it's a a one episode thing and i think that they did add uh elements of theatrical um like a like this is a fixed point of something important i said theatrical i don't know where i was going with that but the music during that speech was bomb ass when he was giving that to jess that was just a really well acted scene both curtis and finn are selfish which is why jess is the only one that noticed what was going on and i think that's what you're gonna see in these characters that's a lot different is that in the first season our original group all wanted to team up and try to stop the bad things that were going on they wanted to be a superhero group but this group has with the exception of jess doesn't have that same dynamic of wanting to have that aspirational goal and you don't have a group leader like simon that's um kind of guiding the team there 
so it is about how that comes about (laughs) i can't think of another word but it is a different dynamic i can't debate that um i will say the finn and uh finn and jess they have become friends the way in which kelly and nathan became friends like there was a question mark of you know what this word but before it even got too far red flags were thrown all over the field line and she escaped something that probably would not have been good for her the way in which kelly escaped from nathan and uh the indication was that he should have been freaked but he wasn't and then he tried to string her along and i'm talking about finn i think i've gone into detail in the recap of why i feel he's culpable in that then i will say and end it with jess was searching for value and she was set off in the direction of finn trying to get you know appreciate that because he was putting out all the fillers for her and she decided to take him up on that offer but that was only after rudy really got into how she really hasn't put herself out there to be pursued in that manner so i think that was her trying to make that effort but as i stated she dodged a bullet and she's probably happy she did so which is why she's like yeah i need to tell you about yourself but we are still friends that is it on this episode if you want to send feedback for the next one blackrollcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe if you have time run over to itunes rate the podcast leave a review until next time peace hair grease and blacker magic